Thank you. Appreciate that. Certainly we're grateful for the blood of Jesus Christ that has made us free. And, of course, on July 4th, too, we recognize the uh, blood of the patriots, really, who shed and made our country free as well. And uh, we certainly appreciate that. And uh, happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Pray for our country uh, that, uh, that the Lord will, well, that really, here's what needs to happen, that Christians would stand up. Christians would stand for what's right. And that, uh, and that this nation and the direction she's headed would run into opposition that would say, no, we ain't doing that, and, uh, and we're going to do right, and we're going to live right. And, uh, and, and so uh, we certainly need to pray for that. We need to do our part and take our stand. Oh, we're not going to go pick it. We're not going to, but we ought to, where, where wrong is wrong, we ought to stand up and say, hey, that's not right. And I'm not standing for that, and I'm going to cast my vote against that. Uh, because that's wickedness, and uh, and stand behind the Word of God. Well, that's not the message this morning. Uh, well, it kind of is, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 3, and I do want to preach on taking a stand, uh, and, and taking a stand, I, I could think of no greater passage, really, than Daniel chapter 3, uh, as far as taking a stand. It is a story that's probably familiar uh, to everyone in this room, and perhaps there may be some who are not familiar. You know, it's sad that in a day and age we live in, many people don't know who Daniel is. They don't know who Jonah is. They don't know who uh, the Bible characters, Moses and Abraham and Elijah, and many of the Bible characters, they don't know who they are, uh, sadly. And, uh, and that's kind of uh, the direction of getting away from the Word of God that has taken place. But in Daniel chapter 3, I want to preach on taking a stand. As you're there in Daniel chapter 3, listen, and you can just note down these verses in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 14. I will just read them, and you can kind of listen. Uh, Ephesians 6, 11, the Bible says, Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. And Daniel chapter 3 certainly encapsulates that idea of taking a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we are Christians, and as we're saved and born again people this morning, and if you're not saved and you're not born again, uh, listen, I encourage you, trust the Lord Jesus Christ today. Uh, as for salvation. Listen, there's no salvation in any other way. Uh, the Bible says, For there is none other name given amongst men whereby we must be saved. It is only through Jesus Christ. There's no church that can save you. There's no religion that can save you. There's no amount of money that can save you. Only Jesus Christ can save people. And so if you've not been saved this morning, uh, I encourage you, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, and He will save you. And then for those of us who are saved and who are born again, listen, we are, uh, there's no question about it. We are living in a, in a dark day. Uh, if you don't realize that, turn on the news. 
Uh, and just watch. Uh, you probably can't stomach more than five minutes. I know I can't hardly stomach uh, the news and, and what is going on uh, because certainly uh, there's a lot of things going on. But I want to encourage you in this, that listen, this is not the first time wickedness has engulfed a nation. Uh, you can go through many times throughout Scripture. Matter of fact, in Paul's day and in the Apostles' day that they lived, there was wickedness that was engulfing those nations and really controlling all that was going on. But I want you to know this, that a Christian can stand even though there's wickedness all around us. It has been done many times in the past, but we have to take a stand. And in this passage in Daniel, uh, I want us to see Christians uh, who had taken a stand uh, for what was right. Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 13, the Bible says this, this is after, Daniel, after Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has already set up uh, his, his idol, and he's already commanded everyone to worship that idol, and the, uh, the three Hebrew children uh, did not bow to that idol, and so it was called to the king's attention, and so he's talking to them, and he's going to give them, uh, he's already given them the instruction of what they are supposed to do. And he, in verse 13, uh, it says this, then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the music of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, but if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Let's stop right there, and let's have a word of prayer before we get into the message. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for uh, truly the liberty that we have to openly meet and proclaim your word and openly pray and openly praise your name. And God, we're able to do it in the church house. We're able to do it on the street corner. We are truly not limited. And we thank you, God, for the liberty that we have. And God, may we stand that we lose not our liberty to glorify you and to worship You as Your Word dictates to us. God, I pray that You would help us as Christians in 2021 
to stand for right and to stand for your word. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me as only you can. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, I've read probably the most significant portion of it uh, and I would, I would love to have read the entire chapter, to be honest with you. It, it reads like a novel. The first three chapters of Daniel uh, read like a, a, a non-stop thrilling uh, novel that, that goes on and it starts. And, uh, and it's kind of a cliffhanger that you say, man, I don't want to put it down. I want to know what comes next. Even though we've read it and we may know, uh, man, I still read it with the same passion and with the same vigor of saying, man, i, I got to see how this turns out and how it plays out. And I want you to notice that uh, first and foremost in this passage, I want you to know this about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they were set up. That was the first thing that I, I notice in this. You say, they're set up? What do you mean? Go back with me to chapter 2 in verse number 49. If you have not, uh, I was rereading it this morning, and I, I was reading all three chapters, Daniel 1, 2, and 3, and, and there's a wealth of information in there. But as you read through Jan Daniel chapter 2, you'll find that King Nebuchadnezzar had had a, a vision, and, uh, uh, and, and that vision he refused to share with his wise men. And, uh, and, and he told his wise men, he said, listen, I want you to tell me the dream that I had and the interpretation of it. Now, that's a pretty wild thing. I mean, uh, give me the same pizza that you had before you went to bed and I'll go get a night's sleep and see if I have the same uh, dream that you had. I mean, they, they were baffled. They were like, well, nothing like this has ever been done. They were beside themselves. They're like, this is impossible. And, and the king said, hey, I'm not telling you my dream. You have to tell me my dream and the interpretation. And he didn't trust his wise men. And after a while, uh, they said, they, they can't be done. And the king said, fine, I'm going to put all my wise men to death. And word of that got out to Daniel. Daniel said, whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, king. I will, I will tell you your dream. And Daniel, of course, uh, asks God, and God gives Daniel that dream, and, and Daniel takes and goes to the king, and he gives the king the interpretation of the dream and the dream that he had, and the king was like, that is incredible. I know that in you is God. And there's no God like your God. And so he promotes Daniel to the, the second in all of the kingdom. And look at the very last verse of chapter number 2, and Daniel does this, Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. So in, in verse 49 of chapter 2, we find that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have just been promoted. And they've been elevated uh, to the top in the province of Babylon. In other words, uh, they're, they're in charge there. Uh, you can be sure of this, that, hey, wicked men don't like to see righteous men elevated to a place of rule. And so when they are elevated, uh, man, they, they, it just kind of burns them up on the inside. They say there's something wrong with this, and, uh, and they're not happy about it. Uh, but mark it down, and, and the Bible says in Psalm 
75 and verse 6, For promotion cometh not, neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. And make no doubt about it that God had promoted Daniel to the top of the kingdom. And after that, Daniel was then able to take his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and put them in charge in all of Babylon in that area. And the people that saw it did not like it. And look at what happens there in, in Daniel chapter 3 in verse number 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. Look at what it says. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Wait a minute. Where was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just promoted to? The very province of Babylon. Do you think it's an accident that the king established his statue there in the province of Babylon? I don't think it was. Much like as you read on and you find in Daniel chapter 4 and Daniel chapter 5 uh, and going forward when Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, there were men that were behind that who came to the king and said, hey, uh, let's write a decree that if anyone prayed anything, uh, that they'd be thrown into the lion's den knowing very well that would incriminate Daniel and have him thrown in the lion's den. And it's just my, my uh, opinion, but I think, hey, there were some guys that were not happy about these new people being promoted in Babylon, and, uh, and they, were, uh, they were upset about it, and so they go to the king and they say, hey, let's, uh, let's do this. Hey, let's set up this big idol. And so the king does that. And he sets up a big idol there in, in, in the, the very province of Babylon. Look at verse number 2. And he says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes and the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And so the king calls everyone together and, and he goes on and will not read it for sake of time. But basically what he tells them, he says, listen, I've set up an idol. And at the time that you hear all the music and they name all the instruments, at the time you hear the music, you're to fall down and you are to worship this idol. Now, obviously... This goes in the face, it flies in the very face of a Jewish uh, captive that was in Babylon. Remember in Daniel chapter 1 that uh, the Jewish children and the nation had been carried away in captivity into Babylon. And the Bible says that they took the young men and they took the fairest of them and they took the most knowledgeable of them and they, set them, they separated them aside and they were going to instruct them so that they could be the wise men in Babylon. And after some time, uh, they certainly became that, as we see in chapter 2. Daniel became uh, one of the wise men and, and even elevated to the top of the kingdom. But we find here that uh, this would go completely against Jewish religion. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3, one of the Ten Commandments that we ought to know, they're posted on our, uh, in, the, in the capital of the United States of America, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Wow, but I fear we've broken that in America. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And, 
And before you, lest you think that I'm talking about crazy religions, which I am, boy, there's a whole lot of other gods that we have in America besides crazy religions that are not formally worshipped, but they're worshipped regularly. And these three Hebrew children would have said that that goes against our religion. And lest you would think, well, that's only for the Old Testament. Jesus said this when He was being tempted in Matthew chapter 4. He says, um, uh, Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Wow, what a message for us today. What a, what a verse for us today that we would serve and only worship the Lord Jesus Christ and that's who we ought to serve. And listen, that was a problem for these three Hebrew children. That was a problem for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they would, uh, that, that they would be required to bow down to this height. What a sad day that that proclamation went forth. They were set up. Look with me at verse number 6. As the king gives the order, he says, And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, the same, shall, the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Somebody had set that up prior. I don't know who, but I do know this, that the king had made a decree that listen, if they did not fall into place and if they did not worship, that in the same hour they'd be thrown into the fiery furnace. Listen, we're talking death on the line. We're not talking uh, being thrown in jail. We're not talking about uh, political persecution, which does exist and does take place. We're not talking about, uh, about some, uh, some minor form. Listen, this is a major form of persecution that was going on for these uh, for these Hebrew children, uh, that they are, their very lives were placed on the line. Look with me at verse number 8. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They knew that would be a problem with the Jews. They knew it would not be a problem with the rest of the Babylonians or with the Chaldeans or with any of the other people who had many gods in that time, uh, but they knew it would be a problem for the Jews. Look with me at verse number 12. There are certain Jews who, whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. What I'm saying is there was a planned persecution uh, that they were bringing and they were targeted. Uh, listen, the Jewish people were a targeted group of people. And why do I think that was? Well, I think it was because they were God's chosen people. And listen, this was not the first attack. You know history uh, that Jews, the Jewish people have been attacked time and time again. Why is that? Because they're God's chosen people. But not just Jewish people. Christian people are often persecuted. And why is that? Because, listen, we serve and follow God. It's righteousness that we see. And people do not like righteousness in general because it condemns them. And they know they're wrong. And we know they're wrong. And God says they're wrong. And therefore, they don't like Christianity. And they don't like 
uh, righteousness because it goes against what they stand for and what they want to do. But the Bible says this, uh, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And we do need to understand that we do have an enemy. There is an adversary that is after us as Christians. Just as these Jewish people were targeted, and just as God's people have always been targeted. And listen, that's nothing new. I want you to see first and foremost in this chapter the setup that they were under. They were certainly set up. But I want you to see as well, as we read our text in, in Daniel 3.16, I want you to see the stand that they took. Man, I'm glad for the stand that they took. Listen, understand this, that as a Christian, you may be set up in this world. You may have co-workers who may set you up. You may have other people who will be against you because you stand for righteousness. But listen, you continue to stand for what's right. You continue to do what's right. Daniel 3, 16, look with me there as we see this. Well, let's go back to verse 13. The Bible says this, Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. What happened was uh, these people, they looked and they watched as the first time the music instruments were played and everyone bowed down and they knew in their mind, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're not going to bow. Hey, we've got them. And immediately those people went to the king. Oh, uh, king, we got a little problem here. We found three people. They weren't bowing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, they, they brought it immediately to the king's attention. And you look there in verse number 13 as they were, uh, they were tattled on and told on in, in the verses preceding that. Uh, look at what it says in verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury uh, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We find that, listen, that enraged the king. He said, man, I've set up this edict and I've set everything up and everyone ought to fall into place. Now, remember that these men had just been promoted. They had just been put as the head of Babylon and they've just been placed in a place of a authority there in Babylon in the province. And, and now uh, there's this public forum that, hey, uh, they're, they're being charged and saying, listen, these guys aren't falling under your leadership and under your rule. Boy, that king, he was furious. Man, I just put these guys up as, as leaders, and now it's reflecting on me, and, and I'm looking bad because the people that I've put up in high places, hey, they're disobeying, and they're not doing right, and, and it's causing a problem. And, and I want you to know that this was a, a serious spectacle that was brought before all the people. I mean, they had called all the news outlets and let them know. I mean, the independent reporter was there. The can repository, he was there, and, and all the reporters, I mean, they were there to watch this story unfold and find out what's going to take place. And they're saying, hey, uh, listen, this is going down, and, and, and these guys are not going to bow, and they're not going to bend, and they're not going to uh, do what the king has told them to do. They stood strong. And this king was furious. And so in, in verses 14 and 15, he explains it to him again as we read. And he says, now listen, maybe you guys didn't understand. Maybe you thought you were exempt because you were uh, elevated to this position in Babylon. But listen, all the people, when the music plays, you've got to bow to this idol. And he charged them and said, listen, you have got to do this. 
And in verses 16 down through 18, I want you to see their commitment. He says, he finishes up in verse number 15. Look at the very last part. And he says, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? He's saying, boy, what an arrogant statement, he said. Who, who's stronger than I am? Who's your God that he's bigger than I am that's going to deliver? It was a charge directly against God. But we find there in verse number 16, I love their answer. He says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king. You can underline this. O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They said, hey, we know what we're going to say. We are, our mind is already made up. We already know where we stand on this issue. And we are not going to bend on this issue. Look at what he says in verse number 17. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not... Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Look at verse 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. I don't even think he didn't even give them a second chance. He didn't even end up playing the music the next time. I mean, their speech made him so angry. He said, that's it. I'm not even giving you a second chance. And he, and he said, hey, we're going to heat the furnace seven times. But I want you to notice this about their commitment. These boys stood strong in the very face of death. They said, we're not going to give up. Our God is more important. The law of God is more important to us. And they said, listen, our God is able to deliver us out of your hand. Whether He delivered them and they lived, or whether He delivered them and they died and went to heaven, they were delivered either way. Deliverance was theirs. They did not sway on that. They said, our God will deliver us out of thy hand. And we will be delivered, no matter how it plays out. They were committed to God. Why do I think they were so committed? Why do you think, what made, as I looked at this and I thought about that, why, why were Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego so committed uh, to standing with God? Go back with me to Daniel chapter number 1, and I want you to see this. I want you to see what took place in their life. When, when, uh, when the Babylonians came in and they took over and they conquered Israel and they carried out the, uh, uh, the, the, the children of Israel as captives and they brought them into Babylon and uh, all these young people had been brought into Babylon and they were, uh, they were there. I was trying to figure out how many people there were. We don't know if there were a hundred, if there were thousands. Uh, I really don't know. But I do know this, that a large portion were brought into Babylon. And when they brought these young ones, the, the fair-looking ones and the educated ones, and they wanted to educate them to be the wise men of their country, uh, they, they put them under the king's provision. Now, the king's provision would have been uh, a, a Gentile diet. And, and Hebrews, uh, the Jewish people have a very strict diet. There's many things that they can't eat. That's one reason I'm glad I'm not Jewish. Amen. 
I can eat bacon. They cannot. I can eat a cheeseburger. They cannot. Okay? There's many, many uh, religious rules that they followed and that they followed under. Uh, but listen, they had been given them of God, and they were very serious about those laws. And it meant something to them. And when the king had given them the diet that they uh, were supposed to eat, they were supposed to eat, I can assure you this, it was not kosher according to Jewish law. Because nobody cared about kosher except for Jewish people. And so there was not a Jewish uh, kosher meal that they were given. Look with me at verses um, 5. Verse number 5. Daniel 1, 5. And the king appointed unto them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael uh, of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Look at verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. In other words, the king uh, had given this portion, and Daniel, when, when he started getting it, Daniel and his three friends, I'm assuming they were roommates, uh, were all in one spot, and they, they came to the table, and they sat down, and they looked at the, me at the meal that was provided them. Now remember, they're captives. They're, they're, not, they're not there of their own volition. They didn't just say, well, I'll show up to the king's table today. No, they were taken captive, and they were held captive, uh, and this was really against their will, and they were sitting at the table, and they looked at the food, and they said, Mom and Dad would not approve of this. But more than Mom and Dad, the priests would not approve of this. But more than that the priests would not approve of this, God would not approve of this. And they said, we can't eat this. And they didn't, they didn't pitch a fit. They, they carefully and calmly went to the, to the leader and they said, listen, we can't eat this food. It's not kosher. It doesn't fit with our dietary laws and our restrictions. It's not what God has ordained for us. And I want you to notice that uh, the Bible says there in verse 8 that Daniel had purposed in his heart. I love that verse for a lot of reasons, but one of the things that you can take out of that verse is it took one guy to stand up and say, hey, I am not going to do wrong. I am going to do right. And when he did, other people were encouraged to stand with him. And when you stand for what is right, others around you will see you and they will say, he's standing. I think I'm going to stand with him. He's right in what he's doing. And I'm going to stand with that fella. And Daniel took a stand that day and he said, hey, I am not going to defile myself with the king's meat. And he went to his superior and he said, listen, I can't eat this. It's not kosher. It doesn't fall in line with God's law. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm requesting. Here's what I'm asking. If you would please give us the, uh, uh, the food that would be kosher, I'll give you exactly, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And, and, and he did that. And, the king, and his superior said, all right, we'll try it for a short time. And you read down through that story, you'll find that 
the Bible says that after a certain time, I don't remember if it was 10 days, 3 weeks, whatever it was, that he gave them that portion. And at the end of that trial, uh, that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, looked fairer and fatter in flesh, the Bible says. They were healthier. And they appeared better. Now that superior, he was probably a wicked fella. He was probably taking all that steak and cheeseburgers and bacon and, and, and wine and taking it to his own house and, and stocking his own refrigerator and saying, here, I'll give you guys vegetables and water all day long. No problem for me. And it worked out better for, for, for those three uh, who stood for God. And what I'm saying is this, and what you can see and learn from this, is that, listen, in the private life of Daniel, of Shadrach, of Meshach, and of Abednego, they said, hey, we are going to stand for God. We are going to do what's right. It doesn't matter who's watching out there. It doesn't matter who's paying attention. We're going to object when something tries to go against us and sway us to do wrong. This was not a public platform for them. It was a private battle that they fought in a private place with no audience. And they stood strong. And their commitment goes all the way back to Daniel chapter 1 when they decided, hey, in this private area of our lives, we are going to obey God in our lives. Know how that should speak to our hearts about having a private stand with the Lord Jesus Christ on a regular basis, that in private we'd spend the time in prayer, that in private we'd spend the time in the Word of God, that in private we would fight the battles against our own flesh and wickedness and say, God, I don't want to defile myself with, with the wickedness of this world, but I want to dedicate myself to You and I want to follow You. And the battles that are fought in private will eventually come to fruition in public as we see that they were, they were standing in a private setting. And then fast forward to Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16, and we find that this is a very public stand when all the people are there and all the people are gathered around and they've already been targeted, they've been set up, and the, the, uh, the officials have looked at them and they're watching them, and when the music played that they did not bow, and the officials knew that that was going to take place, and they turned around and reported it immediately to the king, and the king's attention was turned to them, and all of a sudden the entire public eye of all the sheriffs, all the governors, all the judges, all the counselors, all the treasurers, all the rulers were gathered around and they were watching this spectacle go on. And they said, King, we're not doing this. You do whatever you have to do. We're not doing it. We will not bow. And you look at the commitment of these three young men and they stood in public uh, and they, they stood in public because they were standing in private. They were strengthened by saying, hey, we're not careful. God is able. We're not giving up. Tenacity. I thought of that word as I read through this passage that said, I'm going to stick to it no matter what. Listen, I hope it doesn't come to that. But we need Christians who are willing to say, I'm going to stick to God no matter what. Hey, when this country hurls and attacks at Christians, and it does take place on a regular basis, 
you go, it, it's not new. It didn't start in 2021. It's been going on for quite some time. Go back to the bakers that wouldn't, wouldn't make a cake uh, for, for, the, for the gay couple. Go back to the, uh, the, the other Christians who are taking a stand, and I'm saying we are being targeted, but if you want to take a stand in public, you better take a stand in your private life and say, God, I want to live for you. You stand in your private life like they did, and you'll stand in the public spectacle when it comes because it's already been established way before. And they were committed. They were sold out. They said, God, we want to serve you. They didn't compromise. Oh, the king was angry. You look there in verse 19. The Bible says that he was full of fury and the form of his visage was changed against them. He was angry. He was irate. And you go there to the end of the chapter and we know how it turns out in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 24 down through 25. Uh, we see the salvation of those men. I, I want you to notice even before that, listen, that king, he said, listen, we're going to heat that fire up to seven times of what it should be. And he, the Bible says he took his strongest soldier he said, you bind those three up and you throw them in the fire. Now here's his strongest soldiers. I don't know if it took uh, you know, one per guy. I don't know if it took two guys per, per the three children. I don't know how many. We don't, it doesn't say exactly. But let's just imagine, uh, for sake of argument this morning, that it was two guys. And so six guys carried them, them fellows over to the furnace, his strongest soldiers, and threw them in. The Bible says that they died from the heat of the furnace, getting close enough to throw those Hebrew children in. What an incredible story. But yet, these three Hebrew children were cast into the fiery furnace. Look with me at 24 and 25. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was a stonied and rose up in haste, and spake, and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. What an incredible story. You say, believer, preacher, you believe that happened? I believe every word of it. I believe those soldiers that threw those men in there died. I believe those three boys went into that furnace and the Bible says that they were loosed and walking around and had no harm. What I'm saying is the salvation of the Lord came upon them. And listen, God was in there with them. I want you to know this. The Bible says in Hebrews 13:5, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For He has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. What a comforting verse to every Christian, to know that everywhere we go in this world, that God is with you. What a blessing. Preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. I don't. But I can tell you this, God does. Hey, He will go with you into the fire. He didn't say, well, I'll be with you up until that furnace door, then you're on your own, boys. No. No. He went with them in the fire. 
and through that storm. And how many times in our life, sometimes the difficult, difficult, difficult trials we go through. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You stand with Him. He promised He'll stay with you. He'll be with you through the thick and thin. I want you to notice not only His presence in the fire, I want you to notice His preservation of them while they're in the fire. The Bible says there in verse 25, they have no hurt. I can't even fathom that. I just can't understand how, how it could be. Do I believe it? Oh, I absolutely believe it. I just can't imagine walking around in a furnace that's been heated up seven times. I was thinking about it, and I thought, could you imagine the noise? You know, fire is very noisy. The hotter you get it, the flames, they will roar. I mean, they'll, they will physically make noise, and, and it's loud. And, and I could imagine it being loud in there. And, and I was thinking, how did King Nebuchadnezzar get him out of there? I mean, he probably yelled down to him, but he couldn't get close. I mean, those soldiers died, and, and, and I don't know how he got him out of there. I mean, he could yell, but they probably couldn't even hear him because of the amount of fire and flame going on. But it didn't matter to them because they were down there with the Lord. They were walking, and, and God preserved them through one of the most intense flames and trials and persecutions of the entire Bible. God preserved them because of the stand they took, the commitment they had. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The trials we go through certainly are hard, and I don't belittle them. But I do know this, God will preserve you. And he will go with you, and He will keep you throughout those trials. Our responsibility is like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Stand strong in your private life with the Lord Jesus Christ. Stand strong in the public spectacle that may be brought your way. And God will continue to help you and strengthen you through every step of your life. What's your relationship with Him? We see that these guys had a personal relationship with God. They knew who He was. They were familiar with Him. They were not afraid of the fire that would come. Why? Because they knew who God was. They knew God would deliver them. And their faith and their trust was placed squarely in God. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet this morning, God, we thank you for an example such as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing so strong. And God, as the old song says, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. God, help us, strengthen us in our private walk with you. God, that we would stand strong on a day-to-day -day basis. 
that when the public trials come, God, that we could stand strong even through them. God, I pray that you'd strengthen each and every Christian that's here this morning. Help us to have the tenacity. Help us to have the commitment that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel had in their life. And how they stood even though hundreds, maybe even thousands around them did not stand. They stood strong. Help us to be strong. Help us to stand for your honor and for your glory. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. As the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart, the altar's open.